And welcome to CroxCast, the show which holds court to high-quality conversations surrounding the past, present, and future of media through the black perspective. This show is produced by Crux, a black creative cooperative at the intersection of black storytelling and immersive technology. What's going on, everybody? I hope you all are blessed wherever this may find you. I am your host, Tunisia, and it is my pleasure to guide you here on this podcast and tell you a little bit about not only Crux, but also lead you into the conversation with our featured guest that we have for you in this episode. First, I want to take a minute or two to let you know about um, an awesome opportunity and a gathering that is going to be coming up in the middle of September. Now, it's called Uncon. The Unconference, okay? <laughs> this is amazing. And we took, you know, last year off because COVID and all that jazz. So the first one was in two, uh, 2019, and it was fantastic. And it is going to be back this year now. And it is an opportunity to gather black creatives, activists, artists, thinkers, doers, technologists, all around dope individuals where we gather in a shared space under the common umbrella of liberation and our agenda is made together. We write down the topics, the things that we want to do. Um, Facebook Oculus is going to be one of our sponsors there. So there's an opportunity to showcase some of your work. And we organically create time and space for us to tackle all of the items and the things that we want to do, particularly when it pertains to black creatives reclaiming our narrative, how we can become owners, and how what type of projects are going on. Because Crux is the only company focusing solely on bringing XR artistic content from black creators into the mainstream. Okay. And if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> okay. This is a minority women led business. Our core values are rooted in liberation movements. We're doing anti racism work, we're supporting anti oppressive. Um, we, we live on these principles of anti-oppression and our work is multifaceted and we've partnered with a number of foundations um, and organizations that are invested in doing the work. Okay, we collect receipts around here. So if um, between social impact investors and assisting them and learning how, um, they can be more effective and deliver stronger messages and how to communicate that uh, using immersive storytelling and traditional media as well. We are here to do that. And we have supported emerging creators that have been developing XR projects um, for a very long time. And check out crux.pori.app. Our website will be in the description box in addition to our digital network of our community where you can collab and reach out, chop it up, discover new opportunities, not only financially, work, grants, all the things, and just have some fun, okay? This is like our version of, of LinkedIn, but it's not dry, <laughs> okay? I'll put in Rick James' gifts all the time, so come for the gifts. And back to Uncon, you come curious, you leave connected. That's what this is all about, okay? It's going to take place in Santa Ana Pueblo, New Mexico. We've got, uh, it's basically a four-day retreat um, at the Hyatt out there. There's lots of pools and a hot air balloon that I'm not going to go on, but you can. And you could also collab with us um, and, and have super powerful and empowering discussions and collaboration opportunities for us to work together towards building ownership and opportunity for black creatives. Boom. 
And again, this is taking place September 19th through the 22nd. So I will have, make sure you look at the description box because I will have links to the registration and our UNCON page where you can get more information and details about what we are up to and what we intend on achieving um, at this retreat. So spaces are limited. So make sure you hurry up um, and reserve your spot to attend UNCON 21 because it's going to be the shit. There, I said it. Now, it is my pleasure now to introduce you to the featured guest conversation that we have for this episode, Valencia James. She, I uh, met her earlier in the year when she reached out and joined Crux. She has been a valuable contributor and just an amazing strong presence um, of diversity and activism within our community of black creatives. And Valencia has been doing some very, very amazing things as of late. In case you don't know, she is a Barbadian freelance performer, maker, and researcher interested in the intersection between dance, theater, technology, and activism. She believes in the responsibility of artists to reflect sociopolitical issues and in the power of the arts to inspire change. It's amazing stuff that she's got going on. And in particular, she is one of the founding members of a new platform and tools of technology called Volumetric Performance Toolbox. Now, this is amazing. And this is something that was launched one year ago and had a showcase with iBeam at the Rapid Response event that occurred in February, I believe, of this year, 2021. And the VPT, Volumetric Performance Toolbox, I'll have descriptions in the um, and links in the description box for this episode so that you can learn more about not only her personal origin story, but how her experiences in the pandemic created the opportunity to produce volumetric performance toolbox as a means to give performance artists a new way to maintain and strengthen their craft and volumetric performance toolbox led by the shared values of decolonization and liberation for all who have been harmed and or excluded by the media and various systems of oppression volumetric performance toolbox prioritizes using emerging technology as a new way for artists to both strengthen and sustain their craft. It's absolutely amazing. And it, you know, again, in alliance with iBeam's rapid response for a better digital future program, VPT in its launch brought together a cohort of seven multidisciplinary artists from BIPOC, LGBTQ, and disabled communities to envision a decolonized, excuse me, decolonized decentralized future for online performance and it was remarkable i watched it um i had the uh, the pleasure of being able to work with her and help communicate a lot of these messages and essentially the opportunity to build tools for movement artists of all ethnicities cultures and abilities and create amazing immersive performances online is is absolutely tremendous and uh currently it is in the artist gallery at Seagraph, another immersive technology uh, conference that is going on virtually right now, of course, um, given COVID. But it is available on demand to view one of her performances called Sugar, which we discuss in this interview. 
So I want to make sure that I, I will include links to all of that there so that you can take a look and follow along with all of the amazing work Valencia and her team have put together with her personally and Volumetric Performance Toolbox and how you can help support. And support isn't just in likes and retweets, but it's also financial because servers ain't cheap. It ain't freight, <laughs> you know, but we need support and we need um, to build more awareness. So I will have links of all of these things and how you can support and donate and contribute to the growth and sustainability of black voices and XR content like VPT and like with Crux all in the description box. So please share, please like, please tell a friend, share and and enjoy. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Valencia James of Volumetric Performance Toolbox. A great place that I would love to start is learning a bit more about your background, you know, and how did you get into performing arts and like has this been something that you've always kind of wanted to do because you know as I told you earlier one of the things that we always like to explore here is that black creativity black artistry and how kind of our start into this and how it's manifested even like throughout the pandemic and coming out of this and stuff and new new ways of imagining um, the work that we do and how to reclaim Mm -hmm. our voice reclaim our own narrative and our own story so I guess, yeah, first, let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you came and, you know, your your start into performing arts and um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I, I always love to move and dance. So from as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to do dance as my profession. I was always, you know, flitting around the house. So uh, I feel I feel it like a calling because it's something that's just so innate and um, and it's such an important part of my life. So um, and that expression that I get, like somehow moving, I can express things that I can't really put in words, or it just transcends like so much. So um, so so I've always uh, studied dance. I studied dance. I'm from Barbados, so I my mom thankfully put me into classes and let me <laughs> pursue that and then uh, from Barbados I um, I decided to pursue dance in Cuba wow. and from there I went I got I was able to um, do more studies in London and then finally um, completed my bachelor's in Hungary at mm. the Hungarian Dance Academy so I was able to, to travel around and see a lot of different like culture, societies, and also approaches to dance. Yeah. And now I'm in California. I'm in Redwood City, California. So. Yeah. I mean, um, well, that that international perspective, that's something that I think is so beautiful and so it's it's unsung and not a lot of people can have, have that opportunity, right? And not definitely. only just from like tourist or whatever but like an actual practice right doing the thing that you love to do like talk a little bit about like how the the cultural influences all of that because I didn't know like I knew you're from Barbados and that that had and the African diaspora has a lot of influence in you personally for like in your passion but Hungary London Cuba America Barbados like how talk about how some of the different cultures kind of influence your forms of expression. Yeah, like so much, but I would say the the biggest and most important influence is probably going to Cuba. 
um, because it is still in the Caribbean, but it's so, mm-hmm. for me, the culture is just, was so different in terms of how much they were able to preserve their African roots there. Like um, their influence from um, like Nigeria, the people of, of, of the Yoruba people of Nigeria and, and the Fon people of Benin and, um, and how those cultures still are so um, integral to the everyday life and the spirituality in Cuba and Afro-Cuban um, communities mm. and, and beyond. Um, I, I was able to learn some um, dances, um, they call them Orisha dances uh, from their Lokumi um, tradition. And that was such a game changer because I was coming really? from Barbados where a lot of that was just wiped out by British um, colonialism. And just dancing those, learning those dances, I felt like I was coming home. Mm. And so that's where I really understood what it is to be a black femme, a black dancing femme. Like that identity got really um, strengthened, and I continue to be so um, influenced by that culture. And just also um, just getting to understand how how the differences in um, in our in our lives and our cultures, but still the similarities of us as a human race you know like we are the same like we have those you know similar struggles and and um and also the the joy that 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 we can find right so it was pretty it was was profound yeah Yeah. and at what age were you then was when i um, went at 17 i was 17 and then the other thing with cuba is that i met my um my life partner there so it was so much happening (laughs) in that short space of time yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's a lot that's such a rush though but that mm-hmm. it's beautiful to recognize when you're when you're when you're around things that you know are going to be pivotal like when you enter a space and you're like okay this is when you just feel you said at home like when you yeah, and right. when you're able to get that like those are right like little simple words like home expression but have such profound meaning right like it's not just home or when you think about like okay well what do you do to feel safe like that's huge like there's it can be a lot of different things and to being able to recognize when something is stimulating that for you is huge Mm -hmm. and like you said and recognizing like black femme identity dancing performing identity like those are that those are concepts that grown folk are still you know dealing with or and and trying to define within themselves for like their own self-concept and stuff but i think that's just super that's so profound and obviously very very rooted in our history like you're talking about british colonialism and being Mm -hmm. able to to combat and conquer and reclaim our own voice and history that's that's so that's just so powerful and stuff like talk a little bit more about like how that has inspired you and what even from like how do you take something like a passion right like i love moving i love dancing and then having that become something bigger than just the movement right like it's Mm. it's inspired now it's beyond the move it's beyond what you observe and it is much more now a internal reflection like of our history like of a community you know what i mean you know what i mean does that make a little sense yeah yeah definitely i think it was just um yeah that so coming from that um realization that you know uh, because you know 
growing up in Barbados and come and grow up in the church, there's a lot like from our of our African and our ancestral inheritance that that we were forced to disown. Mm. And we were told, you know, that's witchcraft or that's, you know, that's something primitive, you know, these all these mm. colonial derogatory words that get used. So when I, yeah, so that realization was huge. So I was like, you know what, like this feels oddly familiar. And I know now it's not witchcraft, it's beautiful. And so that was like a start in the journey of like, shoot, I'm, I need to undo. There's a lot I need to undo, there's a lot I need to heal from coming from, you know, that colonial um, fundamentalist Christian um, education that I got. So, yeah, it was like, okay, I need to step away. I need to take a pause from going to church, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I did. And then um, from there, I started just to be able to um, think more and formulate all those, um, all the things that I was feeling inside and realizing, like, you know, like a lot of stuff that is being told about black people is our lies. And, and I was so, um, and then, you know, living in Hungary, I was so, you know, it was so much like stereotypes that I was encountering, even though they didn't have like a direct um, involvement, historical involvement in the slave trade, in the transatlantic slave trade. I was so, I was taken back by how much of that, you know, those toxic stereotypes are still, you know, very much uh, what inform people there. Mm. And then I started wanting to push back on that. So I was like a few years into my like profession uh, and I realized like, I need to, I need to stop working with these white choreographers and start making my own work and start like, and I really wanted, you know, there was this rage by that time there was Mm -hmm. a rage. And I was like, you know what, I need to, set some records straight and I was using I wanted to use my art and my performances to do that that's huge so. <laughs> rage because sometimes was you rage. gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. get mad sometimes right to get so shit done it's like yeah <laughs> fed up that's the most powerful what rage it's like sometimes it's like you know what I why can't it's not true it's not real yeah and also to, to heal myself right because there's so much that we internalize as black people and so yeah i was like i'm using this stage and this form to say the things that get like passed over or dismissed when i try to say it in words or i try to write it on facebook i was ranting so i was using facebook as that platform and i was like no nah, this is not working <laughs> like, this on stage it. it really worked yeah i made this piece called between the world and me because i i was after um i read Tanahasi coates um book by the same title that was pivotal that was another pivotal moment for me because i was like oh my gosh it's not only in my head <laughs> this yeah. is real and this it's is rooted in so much yeah <laughs> shared there's more yeah. of a yeah that yeah, feel right? like unseen and and seen and if we are it's wrong right the mm-hmm. stereotypes the toxicity very much like you said and it's yeah in all spaces all areas all industries and especially as mm-hmm. black creatives and performers and thinkers and doers it's yeah. you get angry <laughs> you get <laughs> raged yeah and it's like yeah. let's do what we can to make that space for ourselves, where at least our truth is shown in our voice and through that release 
we're at least healing ourselves, at least, you know, getting that out. Because like you said, the internalization of everything outside and the noise, the distractions Mm -hmm. and the toxicity, internalizing that, that's not healthy for us. Yeah. And what have you done? Like, how have you, like, dealt with it in your work? It's been... Every day is a little different, I think. And I've had to recognize that I know what I need tomorrow. Today will probably might be different tomorrow. I've even had over this whole pandemic, it's opened so much for me. And I think it's because we didn't have a lot else to do, (laughs) you know, and just kind of sit around and think. And then obviously seeing, you know, us being murdered continually, regularly with no accountability outside does not help mm-hmm. and i remember i know as an educator one of the mini hats that i wear it it really struck that aspect of me because i recognized out of with my phd all the school that i've done like 22 years of school right so like k through 12 undergrad masters phd took 22 years to get all wow. of that hats off to you that's that's amazing yeah but i realized but i realized i only have three black teachers out of throughout that time what 22 years of school i have three black teachers and all women right okay three black female teachers four if you include my kindergarten teacher miss mitchell Mm -hmm. so i'll count miss mitchell because i remember her Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's it and none after so yeah kindergarten miss mitchell i had miss hill she was my college prep teacher in high school and then i went to uc santa cruz and so i had dr trisha rose who's amazing mm-hmm. and dr angela davis she's emeritus at wow. santa cruz yeah, and that's so amazing okay that, that's it so masters wow. at san diego state nothing and then where i got my phd at fielding nothing so but that's it 22 years old so and i didn't even recognize that until this last summer right and Mm -hmm. then i was like yo what have i been taught (laughs) Mm -hmm. what what have i not been taught what Mm -hmm. have i overlooked or have i played into this like have i played some type of role in the way that my friends my circles or communities places that i've been in have i played some type of part in the toxicity or in the stereotypes and those types of things. And it's like, I'm just trying to be me, mm-hmm. but how it, it just makes me start to rethink of like how my role within all of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and so in, in teaching, definitely like there's everyone now is doing like that whole diversity, equity, inclusion, training, blah, blah, you know, and it's just these words where I'm like, what are you doing? You know, and then so many clients that'll hire me now to do talks and speaking and stuff like that. And they're like, how do we make an anti-racism guide? And I was like, it's really short. It's one page. It's called Don't Be a Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be racist. That's how. And you listen to us. And I was like, you listen to our stories. You don't know. And then I tell them the story about, you know, only having three black teachers. And I was like, how many white teachers have you had or teachers that look like you? And they're like, all of them. I'm like, exactly. So it's like, once I was like, you got to listen. You can't make a guide. You have to go listen. Invite people that don't look like you, that don't come from where you've come from. Listen to them. Listen mm-hmm. to the stories. Look at, listen to Breonna Taylor's family. Listen to everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Go to Ahmaud Arbery's family. Listen to them. Listen to his dad. You know, like mm-hmm. that is the only training you need because after, first of all, it's not training. It's just, just how to live. That's living. It's to be human. Like, it's to be human. Finally, right? We're, they're trying to make a curriculum out of what we call every day. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're not, you can't make a PDF <laughs> and circulate it around and then take, you know, oh, okay, this, I got this training and from, you know, three to six and then afterwards it's over. Mm, right. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta live it. Right. You it's gotta. not over for us. It's like, yeah. I'm glad you, you're, you're done being inclusive at, you know, when you're off the clock check. by, by ha- check, right. Like by happy hour. <laughs> Guess what, Sam? Like, where <laughs> it's not the work ain't over and so mm-hmm. that's why i think there's just so much power behind what we can do as artists now and i'm seeing obviously we're seeing it a lot in sports now too and you know i'm a big sports head and so like yeah. the way that people are using their voices now and using their space simone biles saying i'm not going on that i'm not going upside down to risk my life because my head's not right i have to take care of me right now and the backlash Mm. The backlash is huge. Yeah. Everyone yeah. complaining. Right, they all look right. the same. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and right, they're judging right. a young black woman who is already the most accredited of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Even uh, the tennis player, um, Naomi, right. Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Yeah. yeah. Why? Same thing. Yeah. Right. When, because people, women of color, black women, we have been not only just, I mean, the word exhausted has been, I think, even overused so much, right? Because, and it's true, like, we all have been, but it just speaks to what you said, like, that internalization of how we have to be strong all the time. We have to be the best all the time. Hustle culture. We, if you want something done, people, I mean, my friends have used the joke about it, and I've heard it a bunch of other places too like oh you want to get something done you know like ask a black woman they'll get it done the first time right really <laughs> yeah oh, wow. when i used to bartend like they used to just call me ma because they knew i would just take care of everything oh my gosh which you know a decade before the movie ma which i refused to watch because it's just triggering <laughs> and yeah. i was like oh god i'm a movie like that's why it's oh, like, gosh, i don't sorry, know ma. what part i ma. play in these things even subconscious without even trying like, right, I'm just trying to be right. me. Like, I'm not going to let somebody who drinks too much not, you know, get in a car. So, yeah, I'll give you a ride. Or, yeah, I'll call you an Uber. And it's like, oh, yeah, she'll take care of it. She'll you're, take care right, of it. You're like, being, yeah, you're being you. Like, a human, right. like, who cares, right? Well, and as the result, too. right. And as the, the result, is like, wow, there's a lot of Black women who share that trade. Let, huh. Hollywood, done. Now let's make a movie. Mm-hmm. But it's history. Like, those aren't it's not a new thing, but so it's like you said, like these, what have we been taught? What have we been shown, you know, and how can we use sports, art, dance, writing, education, every, all of these platforms, because we're everywhere. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this ain't new. We're not new. Yeah. yeah. We've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's why I think it's, it's remarkable that, you know, I know we, we met when right before the I-Beam rapid response um, thing from beginning of the year. That was, what, February? 
March? Yeah, the we launched in February. Good. Yeah, with the it's been, it's been so hard. long ago. <laughs> like it, yeah. it doesn't. It's just man, it's already like, August. My goodness. And mm-hmm. so yeah, let's talk about volumetric performance toolbox because that is very much like what we're talking about, or like how you can use all these different spaces to not only just kind of like reclaim our own form our our own story and our own voice but also at the same time giving credence and respect to our past our elders our diaspora the influences of such mm-hmm. and in turn like showcasing things that haven't been shown before because we've been taught you know we're in a post-colonial society and all of this stuff so tell us a little bit i read you know and i know your medium piece that i'll put in the description box so everybody can read this stuff your origin story um of vpt and talking about you know your um your history in barbados and your travels and stuff but mm-hmm. give us the cliff notes tell us a little bit about the origin of volumetric performance toolbox yeah, so um, that was actually like we started it now. It's a year, wow. <laughs> we're a year in. It's your birthday. It's a year <laughs> yeah, yeah, July we started. So wow. let me see, we're doing. So it started, yeah, coming birthed out of the pandemic. First of all, theaters got closed, and I was um, thinking about another. There's another work I was doing because I work with um, emerging technologies. And thinking about how how can they enhance my creativity? So I had a project before where we were looking at machine learning and artificial intelligence and dance. And I it was a project I started in Hungary um, in 2013, and we, um, along with um, my colleagues Alex Berman, Gaspar Haidu, and Gabor Pop, we uh, worked on this uh, way of how do I teach a computer to dance? And so there was this. A duet that I would do with this avatar that would learn my movements and there would be this co-creative improvised dance duet and I was thinking I wanted to restage that and I was thinking okay how can I bring this avatar and, and bridge the digital divide between us so I was thinking more of bringing this avatar onto the stage and then theater shut down and I and it just dawned on me oh what if I as the performer goes into the digital space and so that awkward divide between physical and digital uh, would be solved. And so from there, I was talking to creative technologist um, Sorb Louis, um, who I'd known um, through my partner, and um, and he introduced me to Thomas Wester of uh, Globoc, which is a spatial interaction lab in Portland. And we started talking about this idea and. Thomas had been uh, researching volumetric capture and um, using like a depth camera. So it's a camera that can tell how far you are from it and can kind of map out the space you're in and using that for um, bringing um, performers into virtual spaces. And so we applied for um, this fellowship at iBeam. They had just uh, announced their rapid response fellowship and we applied with this idea of how can we have dance performances in, in virtual space. And so that was the start. We started in July last year. And I started already thinking about uh, the piece that I always wanted to make, especially coming after the he- on the heels of the brutal murder of George Floyd. I was like, okay, how can I mm-hmm. uh, make a piece that honors our ancestors that really you know, speaks to the testament of our struggles and our resilience? in such a space um, as social virtual reality. So 
that. I think that's Beautiful. yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. I can go on and on, but <laughs> I will pause yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's a lot, and it's so awesome, mm-hmm. though, because thinking about, to me, innovation, and this is one of those words, too, that, like, we always hear a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And people just kind of throw them around, and, yeah, they look good on, like, LinkedIn headlines and whatever, but what does it actually mean? And that word is innovation. And to mm-hmm. me innovation i just maybe it's just me in my brain that i just like to keep things simple but but to me like innovation is simply recognizing a problem and finding a solution and you recognized a problem we're in the pandemic theaters are closing what do we do i feel disconnected let's leverage immersive technology mm-hmm. use it as a utility as a tool to give a new space, give a new environment, and also create collaborative opportunities for us to combat and make and through Mozilla Hub and through um, all the the technology, like you said, that goes within volumetric performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's use that and make our own space. And now let's imagine, let's flex our imagination. Like I love those three words, like flex your imagination. Because like when you get to... In, <laughs> Think about, oh, our ancestry, where we come from, what motivates us. All of our palettes will look so different in terms of the colors that we'll use, the space, every, the feel, the vibe will all look so different. Mm -hmm. And I watched all the performances, obviously, absolutely loved the outcome. And having heard from a few of the other artists that were in it, I'm sure everyone has their own separate kind of takeaways from it, right? Like the the performer's point of view, feeling that sense of liveliness, you know, like in the space and all of these things. And I just think it's so remarkable that like th- this is innovation. Like it's not any, it doesn't have to require, you know, like, test tubes and beakers with like blue liquid and smoke and all that you know it doesn't have to look like a science experiment like no it's simply you recognize a problem and you create a solution that is being innovative using what's at your disposal and i think it's a wonderful illustration of technology for good technology with purpose meaningful content and like I said, using it as a utility and as a tool, because oftentimes, you know, the get off my lawn people that are like very, very anti-technology, you know, I, I can get some of it, but it's like, because their, their biggest gripe is what I always hear, you know, as a media psychologist is like, oh, well, it's just trying to replace people and make everything a robot. And I'm like, or <laughs> we use it to enhance the human experience, not replace it. Mm-hmm. We were using it as a tool, a, literally a utility, something to make our current human experience better, augment it, amplify it, create opportunity. And I think you and your partners within this, the Globox and Sorab and stuff, have, have knocked that out of the park. I really, really do. And you're, thank you um, so much. Yeah, because it's thank you. It's just so damn cool because I never even with depth kits and, and seeing all these things, cause the tech, the virtual environment and the tech aspects of behind all of that, I'm not very fluent in, but I know I'm a consumer, I'm a fan. And so 
when you want to have the mainstream, you know, like if you were going to promote this and like, Hey, come check this out. And if no one has ever been in virtual reality before, doesn't know what any of those big words mean that we're talking about, right. Talking to them in an English plain lame when layman, like, Hey, consumer fan, check this out. You want to see, you want to know, or want to look like, or want to take a look at what, the African diaspora is, you want to look at a performance of, you know, of how I've used this to motivate me. This is a performance art. So in thinking, pitching it in the plain, plain English type of way, but utilizing all of these different tools. And it's very simple, right? Being able to watch on Mozilla in your browser, web AR, boom. Mm-hmm. But being able to still pitch it as a beautiful performance that's just enhanced by technology is so, that's rich. And I think that's, we need more artists doing that as opposed to selling the tech. Don't sell the tech, sell the art. What's the tech doing? You right, know, plug right. in the tech to do what? That's what you're selling. It's not the tech itself. I could care less about the screws behind it. I right. care about what is being projected. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. You helped us. Work. Yeah, you helped us with that too. <laughs> so I really, I'm so I'm so grateful for it, for for you coming on board for for that part, like, and um and helping to uh, us to to really um communicate effectively, you know what it is we we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. and also I want to like um shout out to all those the the artists who who trusted us, came on board. We we made it uh the pilot residency um. In, at the end of the year, last year, um, with seven amazing multidisciplinary artists um, coming, um, joining us in a time of co-creation and, yeah. and co-learning about the possibilities of, of this kind of virtual performances. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we made it in as a community, you know, like uh, amazing media artists um, advising us. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's been an amazing ride. And, um, yeah, just, I really, um, was very inspired by very many artists like, uh, Lajene McMillan and Amelia Winger Bearskin and Lauren Lee McCarthy. They talk about, um, just creating in community and, um, and also defining that space where, um, of sharing and also defining first what the values are, what your value sets are. And so that's what we put into practice with the residency mm-hmm. as we um, we created it with um, Simon Bowes as well uh, of Glowbox was also um, very much uh, very instrumental in, 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 in shaping um, the way that we form the curriculum. But I, yeah, I just want to thank so much the, the community that actually built that with us. That's so huge. Yeah. No, that's amazing because community building tools, that's huge. And something that not a lot of people, in my opinion, cared about until the pandemic and before people realized how much we need each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we continue <laughs> to need continue. each other. Going forward, yeah, let this be a new way of, of, of being and living because, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of hearing people say like, oh, when are we going to go back to normal? It's like, can we forget that now? <laughs> yeah, there's no, we're not going back there. Because now, you know, we have the we have this, you know, virus still raging and variant out. Um, 
but then next we have the climate change as well next to it so right life is the normal what we knew before wasn't great anyway so it's (laughs) you know it was like let's go back to oblivion (laughs) obliviousness or whatever like no (laughs) like how far back are we talking about (laughs) yeah let's wake up (laughs) let's wake up so these Mm. community building tools i love it because it is that that level of empowerment where in all spaces and you know and for this conversation for for movement artists it's yeah that ability to to bond and co-create in Mm. response right in spite of these things it's it's beyond necessary and being able to have that type of you're making that blueprint right like that template like you said like this was a part of that pilot program like this is something that can be and will i know um expanded upon as like this type of foundation so mm-hmm. it's huge but one other thing i wanted to, um, to ask you about too was like you mentioned the, those values and putting that into practice with this can you speak to those like what those kind of shared values are because now especially with you know the resurgence of blm and over this last year and and uh, social justice and civil rights it's <laughs> one of those things where i think a lot of consumers and artists and people with a platform are being much more aggressive because that rage word, right? <laughs> it's when yeah. it's time to get mad that we're calling out the people who, Hey, I thought you were down with this. I thought you said black lives matter in, in your bio. Like it's so okay. Cause now it's March 1st, you take it off, you know, like that was only for cloud or for show. So it's, oh. we always see those people were like, yeah, I support this, but then they go do, something that very much speaks to the opposite. And so right. a lot of us now are like, hey, show me your receipts. If you care about this, you you know, then then what have you done to help? What have mm-hmm. you done to, what's something observable, right? Yeah. Um, that illustrates that. So speak to some of the the, the values um, that are shared that, that you're putting into practice and that really are rooted in, in the core of an inspiration behind VPT. Yes. Um, so for sure, we want to prioritize those communities that tend to be left out of tech spaces, uh, marginalized communities, especially black and brown people, but also LGBTQ community and also disabled, um, the disabled community. So I was very inspired um, by my fellowship at IBEAM where I got to see how they model digital accessibility and just making sure that, you know, everyone is made to feel welcome, but not just like welcome, but like Mm -hmm. I was seeing how they were so amazing at making um, access there, like the ASL interpreters to, they always told us like, okay, when you're making a presentation, make sure it's this font and like this, because for low sighted audiences. And so I'd never come across that before. And I need to shout out Jay Soto. He's um, the director of um, inclusion and programming at at IBEAM. Um, And and what he modeled in throughout the fellowship um, blew my mind. And so um, so going into the second phase of the um, volumetric performance toolbox project where we were developing this residency, that was at the forefront. And I was like, how do I um, create this space, not just for the residency, but in terms of like how we are creating performances that 
that um, that don't exclude people. And so I was racking my brain how to make a virtual performance show something that blind audiences could um, join. And so for a while I was wrestling with that. And so I didn't find, <laughs> I didn't succeed on that front, but at least we were able to have an artist who was deaf and provide all the like, ASL interpretation um, for him, Antoine Hunter, who is uh, mm -hmm. an amazing uh, choreographer based out here in the Bay Area. Um, and so, but just putting this into practice and just um, wrestling with them, making sure that, you know, we, you know, can keep accountable or keep, you know, working towards that has been huge. And so that's, um, that's one of those, like the, the core values and also um, just, you know, acknowledging the history because I I find like I've come across so many artists who just somehow there's this disconnect from the history so making sure that we're acknowledging history of um of the genocide of of indigenous communities but not just focusing on that but understanding that you know there's, there's, we're still thriving you know of the transatlantic slave trade as that the legacy of that and how that perpetuates itself in our lived lives so just yes. always acknowledging this and not like making it something that i don't know kind of disappears when you're on stage right. like you know like it's 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 very relevant and so, so i learned a lot from the artists of the of of the i um i mean community and and beyond that so um yeah there's a lot to and also how do we hold ourselves accountable Mm. and not like perpetuate those um, colonial kind of values that we have been internalized, but also doing that internal work. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. life. All of this is a process and mm -hmm. as is, you know, holding a value and then, like you said, holding ourselves accountable to that and keeping that as a shared shared sentiment within all of us and everything that we do and not to abandon that, mm -hmm. you know, not to abandon those values and, and the identity, because that's really what this is. Like everything that we do, um, not to get too like all like, yeah, brands are identity and people and like all of this stuff, but it, it's true. Like organizational psychology and brand psychology, like all of this is very, very true. And the psych of it is it's because it's all of those internal mechanisms that make something what it is. Mm -hmm. What is this? A, a vibe like how do you define a vibe or a feeling that that you get right like all of those things are very cognitively rooted and so thinking about all of those senses that's the experience that artists get within volumetric performance toolbox because now they're rooted in these values you're talking about and then mm -hmm. as a consumer communicating that to an audience yeah. that is what that's what you're signing up for as well mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. i think that's that's beautiful because those that is what because we can't sell the tech we're not selling that we're selling who we are and that like-minded these values and and what the performer is expressing and what the audience can can feel leaving with you enter one space and you can feel different, right? You go to a movie theater. You're like, right, oh, yeah, yeah. You popcorn. And then like, it's still full because the movie was so damn good. You forgot and you weren't, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that yeah. losing, you know, like when you read a book and you lose track of time and space, you know, right. it's getting lost in that. That's that whole, you know, transportation 
narrative transportation mm-hmm. and flow. Mm-hmm. This is this is very this is flow, and mm-hmm. it's it's on this stream and on this current of 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 sh- of kindness and and humanity and and one that is one that is a steward of 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 positivity, you know, because it's mm-hmm. recognizing things that have been and continue to be marginalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and what one thing is I'm still very new to the tech like I'm just like kind of getting more and more like involved um but I also got to understand about accessibility with the devices and stuff so we use Mozilla hubs as that platform the web um Mm -hmm. the kind of web um, video streaming and web VR um so thinking about you know how do you create something that can be accessed on many different devices not just the latest greatest ones but you know the ones that are older have less computational power mm-hmm. so it's i you know things i didn't I, I yeah yeah i didn't um give a thought but now we're you know thinking about about all that so it's that's all baked into the ethos of, mm-hmm. of the project um and so yeah it's but it lot, really takes process. yeah it takes a community right <laughs> to make it what yeah. it is so it takes a village for sure mm-hmm. well what i know um i want to be respectful of your time and stuff but i know next week the 9th through the 13th you're gonna be at seagraph um so yeah, one of your at- performances sugar right is yeah in the art gallery yes but we are so it's um uh, we're doing live performances this week um ah! so tomorrow and friday amazing um, and um so it's going to be um two performances um in the day um but then afterwards we'll have a recorded experience um available so what will happen is it's a it's a link that will take you into mozilla hub so you can ex- you can explore the world uh it's called sugar um and you can explore that world and there'll be my recorded video stream in one of the rooms so you can go at your leisure so that's I believe like most people will probably uh, experience it as a recording, um, but it's uh, such a blessing to be a part of SIGGRAPH because that's one of the mm-hmm. um, oldest um, computer graphics and interactive technologies conference um, in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So it's all virtual this year again, um, but it's it's been an amazing journey and I, it's a wonderful community of um mm-hmm people from all you know all backgrounds coming together to to create like you know arts and and digital and interactive works so mm-hmm. yeah. i remember being at seagraph shoot it's got to be like 2016 or 17 in la it was at the conference center oh, or the convention yeah. center next to staples in la mm-hmm. um huge wonderful and renowned um convention um so mm-hmm. congratulations of being there um in that Thank art you. gallery and so what else what else is going on or what else do you want is there anything else that you want to promote or and i'll make sure to put everything in the description box like links and how people can watch you know your trailer for sugar and view read more about your origin story on medium and and the socials and stuff but is there anything else Mm -hmm. that you want to just shout out or bring attention to um i think the main thing i'm because i'm like in in the Mm -hmm. (laughs) preparation for the grabs yeah (laughs) Thinking no, a lot about <laughs> tomorrow, yeah, that everything, you know, goes smoothly. And um, mm-hmm. But I've had such an amazing, I just want to thank my 
all the collaborators, um, I was able to uh, develop this work that is so sugar is a work that I've wanted to create for a long time because it's um, it highlights this um, this link between you know the transatlantic slave trade and the establishment of the sugar industry and you know how it has its legacy you know very much alive today and so mm-hmm. I wanted to um, bring. Uh, more um, attention to that and it's my a tribute to my ancestors and all those who have you know struggled and so I was able to finally really um, develop it further and I'm just uh, very grateful to my collaborators Simon Bowes, Holly Newlands, Lorraine Vaselli, Sandri Mallory and Terriana Wright as well as Thomas Wester for Oh, they're, you know, generous, you know, it's all <laughs> a labor of love, <laughs> really mm-hmm. making this, um, this type of work. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just very grateful for all those, everyone, including you, who's just, you know, put your time and talent and energy into making this what it is. So, hey, well, I'm, I'm appreciative of you for sticking true to your passion and, your your values and really being innovative because I hadn't okay. heard of anything like this before. There wasn't, I haven't heard of anything that of, you know, even especially in a pandemic, right. When most people retreat, mm. you were like, no, <laughs> like this, oh. we, can, we can fix this. <laughs> like this could be better. Like, <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's something we could do. And so instead <laughs> of retreating, you ended up producing something that is, absolutely remarkable and i think is really a foundation and illustration of technology for good and for for our people as well and one that truly is flexing your imagination in the best of ways because yeah being able to give you know honor to your own ancestry and helping reclaim some narrative and retell some history in a, in its own in a real light and one that is full of movement and I remember when mm. I was watching, I was like, hey, like I'm like dancing over here too, you know, mm. when watching. So and yeah. it's that radical joy. So I applaud you and thank you for even allowing me to help communicate and translate some of the things that you're doing. And I think, yeah, more eyes on this, the better, more investment in this, the better, because this is this is what true innovation is about. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, when you say investment, I'm like, yeah, we can use some investment. <laughs> People, <laughs> we wrote resources. Yeah, yeah like resources. Heard, yeah. Like, this is how, you know, we know it takes a village, right? And yeah. it's a labor of love. And it's, that can all, you know, like, it starts there. But, you know, I want to call capital one be like hey but i love you can you hit me break me this month <laughs> but I, you know it's like i really love my car like doesn't that count and it's like no it's not currency but <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah. it's we all have to support each other so yeah. this is i yeah definitely want to make sure that um i'll put all of your contact information you know in the description box so everybody listening can yeah, can if support anyone check wants it out. to support this work <laughs> yeah it's beautiful there, work and work serve, the best, server man. bills are yeah right like nothing's free he was like it's floating in the you know in the ether of the internet but the servers are checking away yeah people think like yeah like all the internet's free and servers like "Mm, or is yours i didn't think so (laughs) (laughs) but thank you again for taking some time to wrap with us really appreciate it what's your shout out your socials again like your um 
your Twitter oh, account. Yeah. So, um, oh, my on Twitter, I'm uh, Val Jan Dance. Yeah, V A L J N Dance. And Instagram, we're at Volumetric Performance. Excellent. So, yeah. And yeah, awesome. my website, ValenciaJames.com. But yeah, that's the general, <laughs> my general. Mm -hmm. All the okay, good But thank stuff. you, though. This has been really great. So good to chat with you. Likewise.